The Brand Ed Podcast with Robbie Fowler, Episode 28, How to Use Your Brain to Unlock Business Success with Dr. Eugene Choi. to the Brand Ed Podcast, the show that helps you position, pitch, and profit from your brand. I believe the chaos and confusion around what branding is, why it matters for your business, and how to translate your brand into profit leads to overspending on marketing, underperforming businesses, and overwhelmed leaders. Stay tuned to discover how to position your brand in the market, pitch your business with purpose, and profit from a life-giving brand that blesses you and your customers. Hey, I'm excited today to jump into this topic with my good friend, Dr. Eugene Choi. But before we do that, I wanted to tell you about an amazing opportunity coming up very soon. It's called the Monetize Your Genius Virtual Summit. It's going to really empower speakers, coaches, teachers, trainers, and course creators to create new streams of income for yourself and so you can go build your business. It is a free virtual summit. It's going to go over seven days, a full week, power packed with over 60 sessions and 50 plus industry experts with high income skills. So you're going to get all kinds of insights. This is like to have all these folks show up and give you advice would be worth millions of dollars. And I am excited that I am one of the presenters and speakers at the Monetize Your Genius Summit. So I hope you'll join me too. I'm doing a talk on the exact website page design for coaches, consultants, trainers, teachers, and speakers to get you hired. The dates of the Monetize Your Genius Summit are going to run from January 27th through February 2nd. So please don't miss out on this free and amazing opportunity to mastermind with 50 plus industry leaders. I'm going to put a link in the show notes or you can go to monetizeyourgenius.net. And you can get signed up for free today. So I wanted to tell you about that. I'll remind you again at the end of this episode. And now on to today's topic with my good friend, Dr. Eugene Choi. He's certainly way smarter than me, but that's nothing new. So what you're going to hear today is uh, he's going to really uh, show us how does your brain actually sabotage your business success? That's what we're going to look in today's episode. And this is going to be a two-parter because he shared so much amazing information. I didn't want to try to pack it into one long episode. So in this first part of the interview with Dr. Eugene Choi, we're, he's going to show us how, how does our brain kind of sabotage our business success. And then in the next episode, we'll look at how to unleash then, how to unleash your brain's full potential so that you can propel your business forward. So let's jump into today's topic with Dr. Choi and take a look at how your brain sabotages your business success. Eugene, great to have you on the Brand Ed podcast. 
Uh, so we've hit both coasts now. I've had Mike Kim on, who technically at the time was on the East Coast. I know he came out, actually hung out with you. And earlier today, uh, we'll release the episode at some point. I headed up north, went to Canada, and our friend Jeff, that's in our same mastermind group, uh, got to talk to him and hang out with him today. And now we're going all the way in the cool coast, right? The West Coast, <laughs> where uh, Eugene is. And go ahead, introduce yourself. Give us your full name with whatever initials, that you, cool initials you have in the front. Um, yeah. and, and just tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you do. And then I'll, I'll follow up with some more questions about what this is. Yeah. Just give us the, the quick intro to, to you. Yeah. The, uh, thank you. First, thank you for having me. Those are tough yeah. acts to follow, Mike Kim and Jeff. <laughs> um, so yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Dr. Eugene K. Choi. I'm a board certified clinical pharmacist, and I currently help uh, leaders and entrepreneurs basically maximize their brain performance mm. uh, by showing them how to use neuroscience and cutting edge, tech, sorry, cutting edge technology to do Sweet. so. We Okay. So I'm going to have to pretend like I'm smart and I know, uh, know what I'm saying. All I got to do is make sure I ask the right questions and you can be the, you can be the smart one. So, uh, I, you know, was looking around a little bit. You are a certified tr mindset transformational. What, what's, give me that full thing and tell me what that person does. A certified transformational mindset coach. Yes. So basically I've been on this journey to figure out on a more practical and tangible level. Like how do we okay. actually increase performance in individuals? Mm -hmm. um, and that led me to start discovering neuroscience, which led me to discover mindset, mm. which basically has everything to do with our performance as individuals. So okay. the um, group I got certified by for a specific methodology of coaching mm -hmm. um, is by an individual named David Baer. Okay. Um, well, I consider a mentor now. And yep. um, basically one of the things he always said is, you know, he was a successful entrepreneur himself, right? He was the mm -hmm. guy who uh, launched Ducati.com when the dot-com era was coming up. First. Oh, okay. um, so he would always say now, you know, building a successful business is only 20% strategy and 80% mindset. You can have the most mm. perfect strategy in the world, but if you don't know how to develop uh, the right mindset, you're never going to get it right. Okay. okay. So that's, that's what that's about. I got certified in his methodology. Okay. So how do you go from uh, your undergrad, your, hey, I'm going to go do the pharmacist route. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and here you are on some random dude's podcast. Um, <laughs> so how in the world did you wind up here? You oh my gosh. I always have so much trouble giving the trajectory of this because I have gone through so many transitions now. Um, so long You're not short. alone, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what I've now discovered interviewing like three or four different people, all of us think our journey was really weird to work. But so far, everybody's journey is weird, which makes it not that weird. So you're right. in good company that you didn't take some direct path. Uh, oh, yes. Thank you. you are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm going to try to keep it short. So sure. long story short, grew up really poor. Mm. So chased after the money at the time okay. in the... Um, I don't, I don't know if people can, see, I think this audio, so people can't see me. Yep. I'm Asian. Right. So uh, growing up as an Asian American uh, in the uh -huh. Korean newspapers, as our parents do, uh, they read something in the Korean newspaper that said pharmacists are the most in-demand job right now. 
Boom. And there you have it, right? Early 2000s, you know, yep. six-figure salary right out of graduation, talking mm-hmm. about sign-on bonuses of 10, 20, sometimes upwards of $40,000 sign-on bonuses at companies. Um, so that's how I ended up becoming a pharmacist. I chased after the money. And by the way, by the time I graduated, none of that existed anymore because it got so saturated within those six oh. years I was in school. Um, but I had a, a, a title doctor, uh, which, yeah, was sur- yeah. which was surprising to my in-laws because they didn't know a pharmacist could be a doctor um, <laughs> at the graduation. They were like, what? Why are they saying doctor? doctor. You think- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, ha, I got you. Yeah. And, it's, and long story short, it served me well. I mean, I was miserable at the time in school. Um, I was miserable mm. during my work as a pharmacist. I managed to mm-hmm. get a job at a hospital, one of the... Um, richest hospitals in Long Island in New York. I mm. somehow got that job because the director there liked Korean people. He had a Korean son-in-law who's a radiologist. So we Yay. benefit, we have the, uh, what is the, um, what's the saying? It's like, we have the good stereotypes, right? Yeah. Asians yeah, have yeah, good yeah. They're right, good yeah. at math. Yeah. They're hardworking. Right, right. So he thought I'd be a great employee, even though I had no experience right out of college. Right. And um, hospitals are very hard to get into, by the way. Mm. So I got into that, uh, worked there for three years, got a lot of experience, um, still was miserable and I quit. Uh, so I quit. I asked my wife, I was married at the time. I was like, what do you think about going on this cross country road trip, um, for two months and go to LA to try, um, filmmaking out. I want to try filmmaking. I'm going to go and make videos on YouTube with these three guys. (laughs) Yeah. And sure. Right. He said, sure. That's what pharmacists do. (laughs) That's what pharmacists do. So basically this was the game changer for me. Um, I think this was that pivotal moment for me. That was the beginning of everything to where I got to where I'm today, right? With all mm-hmm. the experience I have now and all the, you know, so, some of the nice stuff that's happened in my life. Um, so basically I left that job because I saw these three guys, these three Asian guys making videos on YouTube and one of their videos went viral and that's how I heard about them. And I started talking to them, reaching out to them. They responded. And I was getting into filmmaking for fun at the time, making little fun videos for weddings uh-huh. and stuff for friends and all that. And people really liked it. So I, I was talking to them and they liked my work. They asked to see some of my work and they really liked it. So long story short, they invited me to come work with them full time uh, hmm. out in California after having met a few times, doing some work together and all right. that kind of stuff. And basically the reason I was able to quit after what, six years of getting a doctorate degree, three years working in pharmacy, making that six figure salary and dropping all of that and giving up all the benefits and all that. The reason I was able Mm -hmm. to do that was these three guys left behind crazier things than Mm. me. So I'll give you you the least crazy. I'm the least crazy out of the group. (laughs) Of the crazy group. (laughs) Right. So one guy was a Harvard med student, decided to take hiatus and make films on YouTube, right? Inspirational films on YouTube. The second guy, uh, the second partner, uh, he graduated from Wharton out in UPenn, right? Top business school in the country. And then he left uh, behind a career in Bain. He quit at Bain, um, which is one of the top consulting firms, right? So he left behind that. So he had a six-figure sound. And the third guy, he's the older brother of the second guy. He uh, was one of the directors at the White House under Obama. And he quit that job. So what is it for a pharmacist, right? Exactly. (laughs) This guy was a Harvard grad, worked in, uh, worked under Obama's campaign when he was running. And when he became president, they offered him a position at the White House and he got it. And he was one of the youngest directors uh, at the White House um, at the time. So he quit. And I was joking around with him. I'm like, did you have to give your letter of resignation to the president? And he's just like, yeah. And I was cracking up. He's like, no, I'm serious. (laughs) Every person that resigns at the White House has to address the letter of resignation to the president. Wow. And you get this whole, like, um, you get a whole opportunity to take a picture with the president. So, um, because 
he was brothers with one, only immediate family allowed. So they brought one, um, they brought, he brought his younger brother, right? The uh -huh. guy that went to Yunnan. Uh -huh. And then they lied saying the third guy who was their friend, saying that they were his cousin, <laughs> right? Because you can't tell the difference with Asian people. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Obama and they quit and they left. And then a year later, that's when they invited me to continue with them, to work with them. So wow. that's what got me started. And by the way, they were, I was with them when they were just starting off. Mm -hmm. It's a channel mm -hmm. called Jubilee on, on YouTube. They're yeah. at over 5 million subscribers now. Wow. Uh, and I don't know if, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but um, the co-founder of YouTube invested in them. Whoa. Um, like that's how big they're getting. Yeah. So they've been creating some great content and that got my eyes open um, to, I don't have to live a stereotypical uh, nine to five job. Yeah. Um, so that started this whole journey. So through filmmaking, uh, I've created films that, short films that generated 23 million views. So it taught me a mm -hmm. lot about marketing. How do you create mm -hmm. something that people want to mm -hmm. share? How do you create, tell stories that move people enough to make them spread the word about your content? Yeah. And yeah. we got really good at that because we had multiple viral videos and they're still doing it today. They're killing it. Um, but yeah, I learned about that working with them. Uh, launched my own business um, because I very quickly realized I do not like the act of filmmaking, right? So that 23 mm -hmm. million viewed video yeah, that, that's yeah. eight minutes long right. it took me seven months yeah. to edit it. <laughs> right yeah so i'm like i don't like the act of filmmaking i've quickly realized afterwards after a year i'm like i like the storytelling and what's mm, interesting to me okay. about the storytelling is every story you hear is about a, a main character that undergoes this great internal transformation yep right yeah yep. and that's why we sit in the dark and we enjoy mm -hmm. watching a movie for two hours right. even as adults yep so it got me started on this journey how do you create transformation in real life then instead of just mm -hmm. in the movie. Okay. So that led me through this whole journey of starting my own business, trying a lot of random stuff out, telling people, Hey, I'm working <laughs> on this thing that can help you find your passion. Right. It sounds right. so lofty. Yeah. Um, but it, it just, one thing just led to the other. I was creating results. I was hitting on something. Um, people were paying me to come out to these retreats. I organized influencers mm -hmm. came out to speak at them. Um, so I did that. And all the while that's while growing my business, still not making money yet. Um, okay. and long story short, I, I utilized, utilized all of those skills and I was able to figure out business. Number one, I mm -hmm. hired a business coach mm -hmm. and that helped me understand how to do business. Like that's when okay. things started picking up. So for example, it's like sometimes the most simple advice makes all the difference, right? Oh yes. Right. He was like, why are you writing all these articles on your website that has no traffic? I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, that's what you're Where else do you stick them? Yeah. He's like, no, this content's really good. Go out and, and pitch it to platforms that already have audiences. So that's mm -hmm. when I discovered guest blogging. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. So I started pitching my articles to platforms and they're all saying yes. And these right. are platforms that have millions of readers a month. Mm -hmm. um, so all of these personal development platforms. So that quickly grew my list. Uh, and it's still, I still get trickles of subscribers, subscribers yeah. each day as a result of old articles that yeah. you know, have good SEO. It's like one of the top five Google search results right. based on that, that kind of thing. So that taught me a lot about marketing, audience growth. Um, and then basically what happened was the company that I hired to business coach me ended mm -hmm. up hiring me to be one of their um, staff for ah, okay. their flagship program that helps entrepreneurs grow their businesses. So I was one okay. of those staff business coaches for their clients. Gotcha. Um, so within a year and a half, having no business experience, that was my MBA. Wow. Yeah. So it was really scary in the beginning. 
like the CEO who grew his, that company was grown from yeah. like zero to 3 million in like three years or something crazy like Good. that. He was, he's really talented. Right. Yeah. And he, he would tell me like, I got to get trained from him and he would tell me, just don't forget, like, this is live ammo. Like all of these clients you're coaching, this is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not in a lab. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, we have your back. Anything yeah. that comes yeah. up, we're here to help you with it. We understand they knew I was new coming in. Right? Sure. It was kind of a win-win, yeah. right? I don't right, get right. paid that yeah. much because right. I'm not yeah. the guy with experience. <laughs> right. right. They get to train yeah. me the way they want to train me. Yeah. So one thing after another, after another, I was just like, whoa, I'm getting business now. Like I'm understanding it now. Mm. I'm helping clients get their first five figure launch, their first six figure launch in a week. And I'm like, wow, this stuff works. I'm learning a lot about copywriting, marketing and all that kind of stuff and helping people's businesses grow. So within a span of maybe 18 months, I coached over 60 entrepreneurs. Wow. Helped them pilot products, launch products, you know, market, right. all that kind of stuff. So combine all of that together that's where I ended up today. Now I have my own personal business where I also, mm -hmm. um, the, I think the one thing I left out was the big game changer for me was when I discovered neuroscience. Okay. So when you look at the world of personal development, it's very, mm -hmm. um, a lot of it's very woo woo. Yes. And, uh, I think the general public definitely wants more practical and tangible advice. Right. So these days, if, um, I don't know if people are noticing already, but science is becoming much more popular. Neuroscience, mm -hmm. for example, right? They mm -hmm. want evidence-based advice. Right. So, hey, hey, my uh, healthcare hey. skills came in. So I'm researching right. all of this neuroscience. I'm re reading the articles that doctors write and read and, and I'm like understanding it, understanding how to interpret it. Mm -hmm. And I was able to simplify this in a way. It's just like, whoa, there really is a simple way to um, get unstuck. There really uh -huh. is a simple way to... Uh, increase your performance as a business person, an entrepreneur, or a leader, right? There is a way to get over your mindset hurdles. There is a way to, if you want to get more, um, ooh, ooh, there's a way to find your passion and your purpose in life. If you really wanted to all uh -huh. science-based practical methods. So that's when I really started launching and going full on into doing that. And that's what happened this year for me. Um, you know, an article I wrote went viral mm -hmm. earlier this year, um, 7 million views in, in a month. Uh, that basically helped me. I ended up with 80 sales calls in a month uh, that, that day. And then uh, that pretty much here I am today. I'm able yeah. to, and I went full time on my business because of it. Yeah. That, that was fantastic. way longer than I was hoping it would be. No, no, no. That's um, well, I, I think there's so much in there that's helpful for, for people to hear. One is again, everyone assumes everyone else took some linear path to wherever they are. I, I don't know why mm. we all walk around. I know I think that if you go read my like about page, I make some claim about how I've bounced around. And then, yeah. like I said, every person on the podcast so far has bounced around. Nobody said I would, you know, undergrad in literature and marketing. And now I'm a copywriter and I wrote speeches for the president. And now I, you know, it's right. not that it's like, I right. did this. And then this happened. These crazy people asked me to come move across the country. And my wife said, yes. And we moved halfway across the country. Um, that, that's very normal. And you're, you know, my guess is it's pretty clear in your story where the, the, that past background in science, everything makes it like you can actually go read medical journal articles that I would look at and go, I'm catching about every fourth word yeah. that you're like, no, I did this for six years. This is what I had to plow through. And, um, I hated it too. And it came full circle. Yeah, and right. I'm like, so thankful that I have it. Yes. I have that yeah. experience. Yeah. So that's actually, it feels abnormal. Um, but at least 
again, like I said, I'm, I'm a little further down the track. I've taken a few more laps around the track being, being 48, um, that you go, that's actually far more normal. And it is different though. Uh, I know f- for me, my grandfather worked one job for Gulf oil his mm. entire life, uh, bought a lake house and his next door neighbor is the same neighbor that worked with him at Gulf oil his entire life, never had another job. Um, you know, we all just assume that that's the way everyone else is living, but I kind of bounced around and I think your story helps listeners go, it's okay to look and search and, and not really know. And part of what you're, you know, I want to ask you about is, okay, so if that person feels that way, so there you are in undergrad and going to get your doctorate and you know, internally, um, this is not, I'm not loving all this. You, right. you shove it down. <laughs> like I can't do anything about it yet, but, um, so how do you, other folks that come to you, folks that are yeah. listening to this, where do you start to help them with that mindset piece? What are some simple ways? Cause I, I know from, you know, um, listening in and, and going through some of your stuff, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned this, but yes, it's, you do a remarkable job of taking something that is no doubt very complex. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Making it understandable for a person like me that I go, Oh, I see how I could actually go use that today. Yes. And how that would yes. make, a di- make a difference. So wa- walk us through a little bit. You don't have to give the full thing. There's, we're going to give f- folks a, a place where they can go get the full thing. Yep. But um, h- how do you help folks start to uh, start to do that and find out, you know, what they're passionate about? Yeah, absolutely. So the, Everything that my work bases off of that has now created breakthrough after breakthrough in with mm-hmm. everyone that I've worked through like consistently. I've yet to have a mm-hmm. client where it's like, nope, no, this yeah. doesn't work, right? <laughs> right. Uh, because the science is the science. Yeah. And basically what I teach, whether it's in my content that I talk about in my presentations, it's this one basic principle is that your brain can only be in one of two states at any given time. And that's it. Okay. It's either going to be in what's called a survival state or an executive state. So the thing to know about these two states, just know that the survival state is the same state as if you were in front of a tiger that's ready mm-hmm. to eat you. Mm-hmm. You're in this reactive state where you are literally not thinking. You respond with what's called a fight, flight, freeze response, right? You react without thinking because if you're sitting there thinking what happens, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a survival state. So mm-hmm. an ex- and an executive state is where basically the short way I explain it is where all your superpowers come from, your critical mm-hmm. thinking skills, your creativity, your leadership skills, your revenue generation skills, because it's the part of your brain that knows how to think, connect the dots, right? And mm-hmm. what's really important is that's where your empathy comes from as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge game changer for me, uh, learning more about how, whoa, whenever I'm in survival, I'm, in a, I'm lacking empathy, even though I might. Right justify my survival sure. behavior, right. such as getting yeah. angry at people or right. Right, trying to control them, um, being judgmental. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the, the sh- if people understand, once you understand these two states and how it operates and you bring awareness around how you might be in each state at any given time, that's the game changer. Because mm-hmm. the crazy part is based on the research, guess what? We're in that survival state the part that cuts you off from all of your Mm -hmm. superpowers Mm -hmm. about 70% of our adult life Mm -hmm. because of things like stress, anxiety, Mm -hmm. frustration, 
all of that actually triggers the survival state because your brain feels the need to survive from it, even mm-hmm. though it's not an actual life-threatening situation. Right. That's the only reason people get stuck, 100% of the time. Hmm. Guaranteed. That's what we always find now. They're in... So I know for me, when I first, I was f- a little bit familiar with the fight or flight, it was helpful to hear the third if, the freeze, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I go, oh yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. me sometimes. There's no fight, there's no flight, there's just, oh, <laughs> right. frozen. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, so it, it was also real helpful. Like if I'm in that state, I'm fooling myself if I'm thinking, well, I'm also creative and I'm working on my business Correct. and I'm thinking up new plans and like you just mentioned, this is biologically, no. you cannot right. be at both at the same time. It's one or the other. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. When one is on the other's off, it's like, a, like a switch. Okay. So now, um, okay. So that's out there and we go, Whoa, I did not know that. <laughs> that mm-hmm. That's new information. That's helpful. Give me, give us, give us a couple of practical examples of here's how like in normal real life, maybe in a business context, you're trying to run your own business. Here's how that, fight, flight, freeze, oh, yeah. would show. here's what would trigger that. Here's, you know, so they go, oh yeah, that's definitely me. <laughs> this is where it gets really interesting because this is where I, the more you do this, mm-hmm. the more you realize things you thought were not survival were actually survival. Mm, okay. Okay. So there's three, that fear part, the survival yep. part of your brain, which is triggered by fear. Uh, uh-huh. It's it's a little part, almond-sized part of the brain, the back of your brain called the amygdala. Mm -hmm. Um, What it does is it only knows how to do three things, fight, flight, freeze, like we mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. I'll give you examples of each of how this plays out in everyday life when it's not a life-threatening situation. When it's a life-threatening situation, you need it. Otherwise, right, use it. (laughs) But but it's being overused, right? If Mm -hmm. it's active for 70% really, it's being overused and it's usually screwing you over. It makes us make decisions we regret or say things that we regret. So fight, flight, freeze. How does this play out in a non-life-threatening situation? A fight response can be, for example, it can be something as simple as you get cut off on the road now you're mm-hmm. flipped your lid. Now you're really mm-hmm. upset and you're trying to fight back and cut off the other guy, mm-hmm. right? You're not thinking anymore. Yep. You're just so upset. Right. You're yeah. rage, road rage, right? Yeah. So that's literally a fight response. You're no longer thinking. You're just reacting mm-hmm. without thinking. You just reactively yep. try to cut the other guy off. Um, another, another example is if someone says something hurtful for you, mm-hmm. hurtful to you in a conversation, now you get defensive, don't you? It's like, no, yeah, I didn't. Absolutely or, right. Yeah. And that turns into this attack and defend conversation. And we know how productive mm-hmm. those get, right? Not productive right. at all. Right. Usually with more feelings being hurt, right? More damage being done than good. Mm-hmm. Um, and where this gets really dangerous, the fight response, it gets very insidious. So people feel they need the fight response, especially high-performing leaders and high-performing mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. So a fight response can be, for example, the, it could be an ego-based thing the mm-hmm. fight to prove yourself. Yep. Whatever that looks like for each person. Yep. And everyone has a fight in them to prove themselves of something, right? Being good enough, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. However, remember when you're in a fight response, you're not thinking. Mm-hmm. You're just reacting. Right. So what's dangerous about this is there's so many people I'm meeting now that are very, very successful on paper. Like they mm-hmm. made a lot of uh, money. Yeah, but they're still very unhappy. They feel like something's missing. They're feeling very unfulfilled. They have trouble explaining what the problem is. And I'm going to give you an example. I had uh, a client once who was a very successful individual and, you know, seven figures to his name kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he came to me, he's, he's in his 60s. 
Yep. He came to me because he was feeling stuck. He built this great business. He had all that kind of stuff. And through our work together, he realized, oh my gosh, like I've been in the fight response pretty much my whole life or a majority of my life. Mm-hmm. I was fighting to prove myself because people would always compare me to my older brother who happened to be mm-hmm. an NFL player. Mm-hmm. So it's always the fight to prove yourself. Yep. yep. You're reactively just fighting right. to prove yourself. But yeah, you're creating these great results on paper, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're really getting what you want because you're not even sure. thinking about what you want. Right. You're just reacting <laughs> right. to the thing yeah. that you're angry about. Just or happen to be good at devouring what's ever in front right. of you. But so many people struggle with this every day, right? I'm not good yep. enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable enough. And they fight yep. in their own way to try to prove mm. they're cutting themselves off from the best mm-hmm. part of themselves when they're doing that. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind yeah, of where yeah. it gets really, really insidious for a lot of people yeah. and they get stuck yeah. in the fight. Mm-hmm. So that's where I often say, you know, I think the Gary V hustle is severely misinterpreted, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he does mm-hmm. have a lot of wisdom, but I, I'm, I think it's unfortunate a lot of people misinterpret him saying like, right. you have to work it's 80 just hours hard work. Fight yeah. your ass off. Right. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. Um, so that's the fight response. And the flight response is when you avoid the problem or avoid the uncomfortable feeling. Mm. So classic examples are procrastination, right? Because yep. usually you procrastinate because you're avoiding uh, a certain thing, right? The fear mm-hmm. of not being ready for this. Maybe I don't feel ready for this or I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not smart mm-hmm. enough to do this. I'm not capable. Mm-hmm. So that's a flight response. Um, and then where flight response can get um, really dangerous is it's uh, numbing mm-hmm. is a flight response when you numb yourself to avoid. Also known as Netflix. <laughs> also known as Netflix, right? Binge watching Netflix. Yeah. Some people like to do that. Some people yeah. like to uh, eat a tub of ice cream. Some people right. like to overexercise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Overworking, right? That yeah. can be a flight uh, response for some right. people. It depends on the person, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Um, and some people overindulge alcohol, sex, mm-hmm. and drugs, mm-hmm. right? To numb themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing to know is there's no judgment around it, any of this. Right. Everyone has their own ne- numbing mechanism. Right. You, me, right. everyone. Uh, yes. It's just a part of how we're wired. Uh, it's a protective mechanism because that part of the brain is trying to protect you. So those are flight responses. Um, and then lastly, freeze response is analogous to playing dead, right? You know how animals play dead, hoping the, mm-hmm. the predator will right. eat <laughs> Humans do the same thing. Imagine <laughs> getting caught in a lie. We literally Yo, shrink yeah. ourselves and yeah. freeze up and right. your heart actually beats slower. Oh, too. yes. Because <laughs> you're just trying to not exist in the moment. Yes, right? like, they don't see me right now, right? Yeah, yep. they don't see me right now. Um, Sometimes for people, when they're overwhelmed, a lot of decisions mm. have to be made and they're all being thrown at them. A lot of pressure. Um, people kind of they freeze just, up yep. and just hope yep. the problem goes away. That's a freeze response. Mm. So the point of all of this is not to like judge people or anything. It's just right. a matter of when you bring awareness to how much of your life is in the survival state, whether mm-hmm. it's the fight, flight, or freeze response, mm-hmm. that's the key to freedom. Because it's that awareness that gives you the power to change it. The example I always give is imagine having a piece of broccoli stuck in your teeth. How are you going to remove it until it comes into your awareness until someone points it out to you, or you look at Mm -hmm. it in the mirror. Same thing with how we operate as individuals because this fight, flight, freeze response, it's almost like you're, it's basically your body taking control and you can't control it anymore Mm -hmm. because you're just reacting without thinking. Right. So the more we get aware of what that is like, the more power we give ourselves. Well, I told you that was going to be some pretty amazing information about how our brains work, and in this case, how they sabotage our business success. So I I certainly hope you'll join me on the next episode, part two of this interview, where Eugene then is going to now transition us to say, okay, so how do we unleash 
our brain's full potential so that we can really propel our business forward. So make sure you stay tuned to next week's episode for that. Also, don't forget, I mentioned at the top of the show, the Monetize Your Genius Virtual Summit. There's a link in the show notes. Make sure you go get signed up for that. Uh, That's going to be a great opportunity, again, for speakers, coaches, teachers, trainers, or course creators. You're going to get incredible value all for free during this seven-day summit, 50-plus industry experts. Click on the show notes. Go get registered. You won't regret it. I promise. It's with my good friend, Daniela. She has built an amazing business. She has an email list of over 100,000 people. So you definitely want to anything that she puts her mind to and and gets behind, and this is her summit, uh, you want to be involved in that. So please go do that. And then if you want to connect with Eugene, I'll put in the show notes. We'll talk a little bit more about it on the next episode. But in the meantime, Eugene has a podcast. It's called the neurohackingpodcast.com, right? So just neurohackingpodcast.com. And that's how one way you can connect with him is Neurohacking Podcast. And remember, Neuro, N-E-U-R-O. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can go, uh, you know, check out his podcast and really start getting, taking a deeper dive into this. Or if you want, you know, to work with Eugene and want to reach out, I'll also include his email in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Again, go register for the Monetize Your Genius Summit. Click that link in the show notes, get registered, and I'll see you there for my session in the summit. Until then, and until the next episode, go and build a life-giving brand. Life-giving brand.